Views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. It's an idea that would shift the economic balance of the world. Countries' wealth would depend on how much gold they have, not how many dollars they trade. And Libya has 144 tons of gold. Welcome. Welcome, welcome everyone to Candle Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave, from L.A. If you'd like to get in on the conversation today at any time, this is probably going to be a pre-recorded live, but pre-recorded as, as well, um, because most of you will come in a little bit later today, probably, but we have already have done the show. But if you're listening live, if you'd like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate. Give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056 is the call-in number for you to do that. We'd love to hear from you today. Uh very, very significant uh, events happening around the world. So we're going to get into that as well. But before we do that, everyone, please support Black Talk Radio Network. And you can do that by going to www.blacktalkradionetwork. The, excuse me, the main website, www.blacktalkradionetwork.com and find the donation prompt, hit the donation prompt, but the most expedient and best way to do it is to go to www.btrcommunity.com, which is the social media platform for this network, where you can engage in all of your social media activities without being as adversely affected. And very important that for me, I, you know, I really think that that's the best way to do things. So go there, check out the platform, then join. For only $24 a year, you can actually post stuff about yourself, your business, things that you think that need to, to, to be given more attention, whatever it is that you think that is, you could do that there in a more holistic way, and it supports this network. It keeps this network on air, and we're going to definitely need your support to stay on air. So please support this network by becoming a member inside of this social media platform for only 20, $24 a year, Okay. So very, very, very important. So we're going to uh, jump into today's show. But before we do that, also now's the time to acquire real money, exchange your currency for real money, especially for what's going to be going on and, and how things are going to be unfolding here in the 
near future and in the present as things start to, to deteriorate globally and what that actually could mean. You want to go to Prosperity Mint. It's a full-service precious metals dealership where you can exchange your currency, your debt notes for real money. Very important that you do that. You could do that there at Prosperity Mint. Okay. All right, everyone. So we're going to get into today's show. Sorry about the overall uh, change in, in time, but I definitely needed to, to do this. And what we're going to probably be doing is that um, we're probably going to be changing. Our, I'm going to do a live show. Well, I'm going to pre-record the show, um, and we're going to uh, have to figure it out because some things have changed for me business-wise and, and want to make sure that we're on air. Uh, but i got to facilitate some of these business obligations, and especially now. And so and, and it's, and it's for hey, the betterment hey, Dave, of the network. Um... Uh, good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. Good morning, brother. This may work Thank you, out. Scotty, for, for making that change for, for us today. Yeah. Uh, for, first, let me say that I called Scotty uh, about 30 minutes before, about 30, 30 minutes or 40 minutes ago, and Scotty obliged uh, us being on air at this time is not our normal time. So, Scotty, I greatly appreciate it, brother. Oh, no problem. But uh, what I was saying, let, just let me figure out some things. If you want to move yeah. permanently to 8 a.m., um, that should be fine. That may open up that slot for somebody else that's um, on a national, well, they're trying to um, distribute their program. Warren Ballantyne has a program. I think you're familiar with Warren Ballantyne, and they Very, called us yes. and wanted to know if we wanted to carry their program live, but it, was, uh, it started an hour into when you were already on air. I think the program's like from 12 to 1, something like that. 12 to 1, 12 to 2. Anyway, you know, uh, Tando is 11 to 1. So I told them, no, I wasn't interested. So um, in picking that up live, um, they are going to be picked up by one of our sister networks, and that's time for Awakening Media is picking it up. Uh, but I may pick it up live now if you move permanently to 8 a.m. Or did you just want to be short term? You know what, uh, uh, Scotty, I will, but let me just say this. Uh, Warren Ballantyne actually uh, was very instrumental and gave me an opportunity uh, with, with radio. So, if I, you know, I, I would definitely move just so you could carry Warren live because Warren is just that important. Um, so, yes, let's... Um, uh, let's talk. I'll either uh, move it to this time will probably be better. That way I won't bump uh, with, with Warren. I'll move so that, man, it, I would definitely move for, for Warren Ballantyne. Uh, but, yeah, let's, we could look at that, Scotty, and then uh, whatever is better for you, uh, we, could, we could do that. And so let's just kind of coordinate that. But, yeah, Warren Ballantyne is essential uh, to me, and I greatly appreciate it. And that is a you know person that I really really do admire um, and have a, a lot of uh, you know he's you know he basically gave me my opportunity so I got a lot of love for Warren so yes definitely so I think the Warren show definitely needs to be uh, front and center because he's just that relevant so yes Scotty we'll probably move to this time or or whatever we needed to to do uh, for, from there because I definitely want to facilitate. Uh, that opportunity for everyone here at Black Talk Radio Network to get familiarized if they're not if they're not already not familiarized with uh, Warren Ballantyne. So 
Perfect. Yes, Scotty, we'll, we'll work it out for sure. So, okay, so we're going to get into uh, Pastor Keith is, is not here, didn't know about the, the, the change, uh, but we're going to get into today's show, and I think it's a very important show. Today's show, the uh, topic Pastor of today's Keith, show. Pastor Keith is on the board. Okay, so he did make it on the board. Um, I just sent him a message. Uh, Keith, if you could unmute yourself. I can, well, Let me see. I think I can't. Uh, I got too many windows open. Let me see if I can. Yeah, let me close some of those windows, and then I'll probably be able to see Keith. Yeah, I need to do that. Okay, so let me um, just close a couple of things, and then um, we'll, we'll definitely get to – I'll be able to see uh, Keith which is uh, this there. Okay, cool. And if anyone likes to call in, give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. Good morning, uh, Pastor Keith. How you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourselves? Good, 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 good. In between your workouts. So we'll catch up. Uh, catch up with me today, Keith. We'll definitely do. Okay. All right. So, we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into what's in the news and then get into today's show. Um, relatively very important. Today's show is May the 1st, and this is known as May Day. And I meant to say something the last time that we were on air, and, and we weren't able to do a show yesterday, but on Monday, just to say, hey, May 1st is coming around. The, the, the globalists and, and the controlling factors love to do things on, on May 1st because it's, it's a ritual it's a ritual practice, and lo and behold, yep, they definitely did. And yesterday was the official start. What was that? Okay, so yesterday was the, the official announcement of, of the coup in, in Venezuela the U.S. is trying to say, no, it's not a coup, but no, it, it definitely is. Uh, and so that is kicked off. And today's show is Venezuela under attack, how things will change. So that's today's show. At any time you'd like to get in on the conversation, if you're listening to us live, give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056 is the call-in number. So we're going to jump into what's in the news and get into today's show. First article Got from Sputnik News is EU is unlikely to support military intervention in Venezuela. So that is what's being kicked around right now. And uh, because yesterday, uh, celebrity figurehead Juan Guaido had uh, announced that the, the overall coup in Venezuela uh, was starting, and so was watching some of it live yesterday, and then just before uh, the Venezuelan Venezuelan government kicked. Uh, cerebrally naive networks uh, out or, or, or cut their overall feed so they couldn't uh, do anything live and they cut a couple of other uh, U.S. based uh, mainstream medias as, as well. They denied them access uh, to being able to uh, cover and spin the story the way that they wanted to spin it. So it was uh, started yesterday but it's been going on for a long time now and so it's, it's actually uh, ramped it up, and we're going to take a look at that today. That would be the, the head of today's show, so check out that. Next article I put in a YouTube video of celebrity figurehead John Bolden, National Security Advisor's uh, announcement of that. We'll play that here uh, in a minute. Next one comes from Sputnik News. Military action in Venezuela is possible. 
if that's what's required. This is what celebrity figurehead Mike Pompeo, Mike Pompano, uh, said. Violent clash between pro-Guaido protesters and government security forces started a day early after Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido had proclaimed himself interim president. How are you going to claim yourself interim president of the country earlier this year? Uh, uh, called on Venezuelan civilians and the military to act against the government. That's a coup. That's, that's actually a coup. So they're trying to spin it because they don't want the overall, they can't go with the overall international reprise or the international re, uh, uh, response and, and reprisal to the U.S. sponsoring a coup. But that's exactly what's, what's happening here. So check out that overall article. Coming up, next article from RT International, Russia Today, Venezuela's coup directly planned in Washington, the foreign minister said. Check out that article. Next article from Press TV, Venezuela, uh, Venezuela's Maduro says coup attempt was stalled. Celebrity figurehead Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro says a coup attempt by a small group of milita military has been defeated expressing the gratitude of the country's armed forces and their, and their continued loyal, loyalty to him. Sitting alongside senior military and political leaders, Maduro said in a televised speech late on Tuesday, yesterday, that the group of military personnel supporting uh, opposition figure uh, Lopez and Guaido have been defeated. Check out, so check out that article. We'll check out that as well. Next article, very, very important. Tomorrow is a uh, pivotal day in, in the overall global move towards what I think is uh, WW3 that's going to turn into GNW1, Global Nuclear War. It's tomorrow. Uh, this one comes from Press TV. Iranian oil exports at eight-month high as U.S. waivers end. Asian buyers lifted 1.5 uh, million barrels per day of crude oil from Iran in March, the highest in eight months. Data up from the government and trade sources show the imports of, by China, India, Japan, and South Korea were up 36% from the previous month and the highest since July. And that's, uh, there's going to be conflicting. The U.S. will say no is down, no, no, no. Uh, but Iran is, is, is shown that, hey, this is where it is, and this is going to change because the waivers for buying Iranian oil end, will end tomorrow. And here we go. There's some major things that could happen from that, and there's some things that Iran said that they will protect. If Iranian oil won't be sold, nobody's oil won't be sold, and they actually have in, in their overall control the overall Strait of Hormuz that produces a 20% of the global, global, global deliverable oil to the world. Significant, significant position. I mean, and critical for some nations as well. So we're going to see how that folds out. Very, 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 very important. Next article from Archie International, fake news to cover failed coup. Venezuela's, Venezuela, uh, the fake coup in Venezuela. Russia responds to Pompano's claim Maduro almost fled. Check out that article. We will as well. Next article from uh, this one is a, a YouTube video from The Guardian, and the next one is from Market Watch. The case for the Fed to keep interest rates heights on the table revolves around the financial stability, and I don't think things are going to be 
financially stable. And then also we're going to take a look at a couple of other things. Didn't have time to post a lot of things inside of what's in the news, but we're going to jump into today's show at any time. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate. Give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056, and let's jump into today's show. But let me just say this before we jump into today's show. Scotty, um, let me just reemphasize. Man, I think it's very, very important uh, if you can actually, if you would, and can make way for for Warren to be carried live, or, or as you already you know know to to put him on. I think that is is very very significant and good for the the network itself. I mean, Warren is a very very uh, pivotal and critical person in in a lot of things that's what's going on. So uh, I, I would definitely say yes if 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 you can and would that would be great for for the network. Okay. With that being said, let's get into today's show. Man, knew this was coming, knew this was coming. Coming. Venezuela is very, very important because what's happening is this, is that the overall war paradigm is starting to close in and starting to surround around the, the United States, and that's very, very, very critical, in my opinion, very, very important. So just to give you an a, a update, as you probably already heard and already know, and we would have cut... Yesterday's show, we had to cut yesterday's show to go to this live uh, from what was going on as much as we could because there were some live feeds that were, were happening. Venezuelan, the Juan Guaido had, had started the coup in Venezuela, and he actually said coup uh, when, when, he, when he did it. And so that um, was probably rebuffed by Washington to say, hey, don't use that word. And, and so, but we all know what it is and what's going on. So, this is uh, it started yesterday, and I anticipate that it was going to is going to continue to to move forward, and that has a lot of direct impact and influence on you all. And you should know this and definitely be aware of it. So we are going to cover that today. So yesterday, the overall coup by the opposition, supported by the United States, had started its overall military intervention into Venezuela. The, the military intervention has already started. It's been starting and to, coming together for a while now. Um, and so here it is. So what I want to do is I want you all to hear what uh, the celebrity figurehead national security advisor, John Bolden, said yesterday. Let me find the, the right one. It's, 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 and I want you to hear the whole thing. So let me just play this. And I'm going to post this, Scotty, and you could... Just play this and in, in, hear this. Uh, let me just see. This is out of uh, YouTube. Very, very important. I want you to hear what was said. Some very significant things and, and just, man, how hypocritical things are uh, from that. But let's, let's hear this. Here we go. This is uh, John Bolden's uh, press conference yesterday at the, uh, at the White House in talking about the coup in Venezuela. He's not going to call it a coup. Watch how they try to spin it. Advisor John Bolton speaking at the White House right now. Let's listen in. Now is a potentially dispositive moment in the efforts of the Venezuelan people to regain their freedom, which we fully support. Uh, There have been a lot of uh, speculation, comment in the media about what's happening in Venezuela. We think it's uh, still very important for key uh, figures in the regime who have been talking to the opposition over these last three months 
uh, to make good on their commitments to uh, achieve the peaceful transfer of power uh, from the Maduro clique to interim president Juan Guaido. Figures like uh, Defense Minister Vladimir Padrino, uh, Chief Judge of the Venezuelan Supreme Court Mikel Moreno, uh, the Commander of the Presidential Guard Rafael Hernandez Dalla, uh, all agreed that Maduro had to go. Uh, they need to be able to act this afternoon uh, or this evening to help bring other military forces to the side of the uh, interim president. Uh, the Cubans, we believe, have uh, uh, played a very significant role in propping Maduro up today, possibly with uh, help from the Russians. That's the speculation, certainly, in Caracas. We think this demonstrates why we need Venezuela ruled by the people of Venezuela and not by external forces. Uh, that's what we're looking at, and I'd be happy to answer a few questions. Well, Juan Guaido is uh, out on the streets of Caracas now. He's rallying the people. He's called for the people to come out, and they are. They are increasingly on the streets. As I think many of you know, there were mass demonstrations planned for tomorrow. Uh, the circumstances of uh, what's happened today uh, in Caracas have called people out all over the country. Uh, so uh, Guaido is behaving in the same courageous way he and other figures in the opposition have these last three months. Uh, we know that over 40 people have been killed by the Maduro regime in the course of these protests. Uh, this is an act of bravery by Guaido and others, uh, really, for the freedom of the Venezuelan people. We are uh, going to continue monitoring uh, John Bolton there, uh, talking about the evolving and very fluid and uh, Really, I think quite dangerous situation in Caracas, uh, where President Maduro is under pressure to step down. Uh, the U.S. trying to ratchet up that pressure, citing uh, potentially uh, mischievous efforts by Cuba and Russia to prop him up. Okay. So th that was just some of the things that, um, and I actually played the wrong one. Um, th there was, I want you to hear the whole, and, and, and that was my fault. I, di I didn't play the, 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 the whole one. It's about um, it's less than 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 it's about seven minutes. I well, wanted to I, I mean since we played since we played that then just comment on that one as well. I yeah. mean I'm sitting here yeah. just at the audacity of everything yeah. that they Russia and Cuba has not designated um, a person uh, that they chose who was not elected you know, and saying this should be the president. Um, no, they have not. It is the United States that have picked this dude that they brought here to the United States years ago, you know, to train in neoliberal neoliberalism and going in there and starting a, a insurgency and whatnot. They've been playing this for years. You know what I'm saying? And um it's and and so, you know, for Bolton to sit up there and say that to say that after he's on tape, I think it's him on tape saying that we'll starve the Iranian people, you know, until they do this, that, and the other. Um, um, it's just disgusting, you know, and then for them, listen, when they talking about, even, I looked at the news headlines, uh, Dave, and, and the U.S. media is selling, the, trying to sell the American public 
on this fictional narrative that John Bolton and the Trump administration weaving and the State Department weaving and what have you. And I don't care if they got 10,000 people that turn out in the streets saying, calling on Maduro to leave. Hey, that's a country of millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people. Yep. So to say mass, we have mass demonstrations in the United States all the time. Could you imagine, right. Dave, what if, what if let's just pick a, a, a representative in Congress? Let's just say, um, what's the, what's the girl's name from the, I'm sorry, the woman's name, uh, that they've been taking a, uh, uh, shots at Omar. Omar. Let's say Omar, let's say that after, after yet more black people been shot and killed by cops since he won't talk about 40 people was killed by the Maduro forces. Okay, uh, over 1,100 American citizens get killed every year by police and what have you. So let's say she said that, um, you know, we're going to have mass demonstrations in the streets. She's going to be out there marching and, and, and giving speaks and calling on the U.S. military, the generals and what have you, to remove Donald Trump from power because this man's a racist. He's straight up sexist. He's a liar. And, and this, that, and the other, all his character flaws and what have you. And what do you think will happen to her, Dave? Exactly. She, she would be arrested. She would definitely would be arrested for sedition, uh, right? Correct. They would be. They would arrest exactly. her. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't have her back. Chuck Schumer wouldn't have her back. Nobody yep. would have her back. Really, you know what I'm saying? And 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 all the stuff they talking about is happening in Venezuela. Um, happens to us here in the United States. We ain't the worst. We ain't suffering the worst. We ain't the poorest people, but you know, uh, uh, they stealing our energy. They enslaving us. They shooting us down in the streets every freaking day. So come on, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? And then we turn a blind eye to this stuff. Or some of us are even say, yeah, Maduro got to go. Why? Cause, cause, uh, uh, my favorite celebrity teleprompter reader told me, you know, what was going on and what have you, man. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. I went on a little rambling. rambling. No, 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 Scotty, because it's so important. Yeah, she would have been arrested for insurrection. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, when you, and Scotty was absolutely right in everything, and, and it's important that we know these things because we got to know where things are because we also got to look at what is that going to change here, okay? And, and what's next here? What's going to go on? A lot of things were said in that press conference. Some of the things that were said we need to talk about, like what Scotty was was referencing to. The thing about what's so hypocritical was that Bolden said that that no outside influence should be determined what the, the people of Venezuela want. What? And they, and they have actually been the overall purveyors of this. They have been the overall agitators of all of this. Bolden even said in past, on Fox News that the reason why they're there is because of the oil. The United States' interest there is because of oil. And there were a lot of specific questions that were asked him here that were very significant. One of the things that he said, and I listened to this live yesterday, one of the things that he said was that Venezuela is under the overall attack, the man-made attack. And that was he was talking about what the U.S. was doing to Venezuela. So the U.S. has nothing to do with Venezuela, but what the U.S. does is that they made it their national security interest 
And most people think just because you make it your national security interest, that means that you are giving yourself free reign to interfere in everything that they do. Hey, Dave, it is is a national security uh, interest, and I'm going to tell you why. Of the U.S., the U.S. government's interest, not your interest, not my interest, not the everyday citizen or sovereign uh, person uh, behind these enemy lines. But it is, it's a national security interest to them because they in so much debt, they have to keep stealing resources in order to pay yep. off that debt. You know, it's all about yep. the oil. Like you said, they're going to, and even Bolton said that. We got American yep. companies that'll go in there and refine the oil. You know, Ben Norton is this, um, this uh, white guy that's been in Venezuela reporting. You probably seen him on, on RT and what have you, and I mean, I've been following uh, him, man, and he's really telling, you know, what's really going on on the ground, and they're talking like this is a popular uprising. That guy, Guaido, the National Assembly, uh, has a lower um, uh, approval rating than the Venezuelan Supreme Court and Maduro. These are the worst, you know, and then like Ben Norton was saying, they, they can invade if they want to, but this it's not going to go down like how they think it's going to go down because you have a lot of grassroots organizing that has been going on in Venezuela. That's how Chavez came to power. That's how Maduro, you know, that's how they kicked out, took back their oil and nationalized the oil resources and kicked out the American companies. Grassroots, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and, and yep. so it's not going to go down like that. It could be another Vietnam. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's going to be an ugly one because it's going to spread to, to the states here. Yes, Scotty. And the, the whole thing, this is, all, this is all part and partial to the, United, the government of the United States losing geopolitical financial impact where they can terrorize and tell people where everything that you have is in our best interest. You're going you're to pay us first. They're basically doing this. This is tax collection, global tax collection of other sovereign countries as being beholden to the United States. This is why they sanction and everything else. Sanction is an act of war, an act of war. So what? If you don't want to do business with somebody, fine. Then don't do business with them. But when you try to sabotage their overall relations and sabotage their, now you're attacking them. There's a big difference. And that's what the U.S. has been doing. They said their diplomacy is by the aircraft carriers, and that's exactly what it is. And that is an act of war. That is is internationally illegal, and this is what creates war crimes and become war criminals. This is where we. This is what it really is, and this is what you're starting to see. And again, you have a war criminal as one. uh, I think. You know, uh, Omar pointed it out. Ilhan Omar pointed it out. Elliot Abrams is a war criminal, and they appointed him. And like Ben Norton and Chris Hedges was saying yesterday, it's all out in the open right now. What the CIA is doing in their operations of, and you notice they call them a regime. They call everybody a regime that they want to overthrow. They are regimes. What about the U.S. regime? What about the Trump regime? You know? Yep. 
They call them the tortoise of, 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 I forgot what it was that they use. They come up with little things, the axis of evil, they're this and that. Uh, uh, the, the torches of tyranny is what they what they use now. And here you have appointed Elliot no. Abrams is your specialist, and what does he specialize right. in? Yep, yep. And this is not going to go well because of the stakes in the world is just too high. And so, uh, just a little update. Here's an update from from earlier this morning, seven o'clock, uh, about an hour ago. Um, so. What happens now is that since, um, here it is, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompano says military action in Venezuela is possible if that's what is required. Would prefer peaceful transition on Fox Business in, uh, today. He said that earlier. And this is, uh, and it's now that the mudslinging simmered in, in, against the rebellion against Maduro has ex- exploded into a full-fledged uprising one that is in danger of being brutally suppressed by Maduro's regime. They call it regimes, as Scotty said, and it's known as the Maduro's government is actually the, the elected uh, government of Maduro. It's time for the U.S. to revise its, threat, mili- its, its threats of military interventions ahead, uh, uh, ahead of what's happening and to add the subtext to this time and what it means. After footage from yesterday's riot shows the regime's uh, they call them tanks, but they weren't tanks. They were anti- they were uh, armored personnel carriers. Brutally cr- uh, crushed opposition supporters. Mike Pompano- Pompeo appeared on Fox Business this morning and said that the United States has not ruled out military invention- intervention. The U.S. Secretary of State uh, Pompano- Pompeo said that military action in Venezuela is possible if that's what's required and would prefer a peaceful transition. This was from Fox business interview and now it um it it um another very important part of that comes from let me pick this up from the guardian and the guardian's article is as as follows venezuela's crisis maduro claims victory over deranged coup attempt nicholas maduro claims his troops had thawed a botched attempt to topple him as a master, it was masterminded by Venezuela's coup fear-mongering right wing and Donald Trump's deranged imperialistic gang. While on on Wednesday morning, the U.S. State, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the United States action in the country was po- was uh, possible if required. Maduro gave an hour-long address to the Venezuelan nationals on Tuesday night, his first since the pre-dawn uprising began, in which he accused. The opposition leader Guaido and his political mentor uh, Leopoldo uh, Lopez of seeking to spark an armed confrontation that might be used as a pretext for a foreign military intervention. However, loyal and obedient members of the Venezuelan army armed forces had put down the mutiny within hours of its starting shortly after 4 a.m. on Tuesday, yesterday. Maduro claimed that in direct contrast to Guaido's earlier remarks that the president no longer had military backing, by noon, there were only a remaining a small group of plotters who had chosen the path of betrayal and had, and had handed their soul over to the coup-mongering, coup excuse, uh, handed over their souls to the coup-mongering far-right, Maduro said. But on Wednesday morning, Pompeo spoke out on U.S. television 
having previously claimed that Maduro had been on the verge of fleeing to Cuba, to say that the United States would prefer a peaceful transition of power in Venezuela, but that he was prepared to consider, consider military intervention to stem the turmoil. Military action is possible. Quote, military action is possible. If that's what's required, is what Pompeo said of the United States on Fox uh, Business Network. Meanwhile, Guaido has insisted that a peaceful rebellion, not an attempt, uh, not an attempted military coup, was underway in urging supporters to return to the streets on Wednesday today to continue what he called the final uh, stage of Operation Freedom. He said that the Venezuelans had the uh, opportunity to conquer their future and to pledge that the that the march would be the largest in the country's history and what could result in a flashpoint between the two sides on Wednesday. Maduro also called for supporters to stage a large uh, million-strong march of the working class on May 1st, which is constantly, uh, which is done throughout, you know, the, the world known as, is known as May Day, which is also the International Workers' Day. On Wednesday morning, the Spanish government confirmed that Lopez had been freed from his house arrest to help lead the uprising and is now in, in the residency of the Spanish ambassador to Caracas. We can confirm that the opposition leader, Lopez, and his wife and daughter are in the residency of the Spanish embassy in Caracas, said a government spokesman. She said that Lopez and his family was not uh, requesting asylum as of yet. Well, meaning that they will because it ain't going to work. Maduro said that the plotters would not go unpunished. Said that they would face criminal prosecution for the serious crime that they had committed against the Constitution, the rule of law, and the right of the people. See, Maduro, the Russians, and the Chinese were waiting for this moment to happen so that they would crush it and then uh, take into action. This whole thing is going to unfold very, very drastically. Now, there could be some things that change. There could be actual ag aggravator and antagonizers that start to move and totally change things. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a attempt to neutralize the border, and and what that would bring is 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 really really, you know, really something else. That 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 would be uh, a huge huge moment on on all sides. So Maduro says the plotters would not go uh, unpunished. So we read that they failed in their plans. They failed in their call because the people of Venezuela want peace. Maduro said, surrounded by Venezuelan military and political elite, we will continue to emerge victorious in the months and years ahead. I have no doubt about it. Why is he, so, why is he saying this? Because Maduro is actually being supported by, there's no way in the world that Maduro would have been able to stand up to this if he didn't have support from major, major, major uh, geopolitical uh, sovereign countries such as Russia and China and other countries and support well. within the nation. E the external yes. support is important, and but it's yes, not yes, as yes, important yes, as the support yes. within the nation. So you might they'll, they'll try to play up a little defector here or a defector there, somebody they didn't bribed or whatever. Um, but um, I don't think when it, it really comes down to the rank and file soldier. Who are they down with? You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Scotty's absolutely right. And it's not only, but the main thing is that 
the the actual he was elected by the overall Venezuelan people. Exactly. And the and the military support him and the government is supporting. That's why he was able to have a press conference with those. The Supreme Court also supports him. Yes. And when I say yes. support, not meaning that they support his policies or in agreement 100%, no. but by the Constitution, he's the right rightful president and what have you. Yes. Yes. And so that, uh, and of course, you know, a lot of countries in the past, the, the government officials were being able to be paid off, bribed by the U.S. to go their way. But in Venezuela, guess what? Is not working because guess what? They're probably and I'm not I, and I don't know that this is true, but the likelihood of this is being true. There's a reason why the Venezuelan military is going to stick with Maduro is because they know that they have the overall military support of Russia and China. So that means that they're not going to have to be annihilated like Libya, right? Like Iraq was, right? The big difference. It's a huge, huge Because you're talking about the world's largest reserves. Yeah, right. Right. In crude oil. This is this is critical because even though the people of Venezuela elected uh, Maduro and and the, the government that's there, they would not be able to stand up to a gov- a US government sponsored coup that would bring in all of it's what it's doing now. They're actually being attacked by blackouts, by cyber attack, by all of these things of the weapons of the future and what's going to be used the preferred weapon of war, the preferred tool of war in today's theater of, of, of confrontation is cyber attacks. They've withstand those. They withstood those. They withstood the overall sanctions. They're withstanding those. They're still uh, uh, becoming viable and, and other countries are are breaking the sanctions they're assisting with the with the cyber attacks and everything else the maduro government would not have been able to withstand the venezuelan country would not have been able to withstand this onslaught from the u.s if it didn't have the backing of russia and well, china well Dave, now how this goes is going to be critical as as going forward because it's going to get ugly yeah go ahead scotty yeah um now often we'll hear Bolton talk about these 54 nations and other nations that uh, support Guaido, the interim president, and what have you. But I bet you if you check the financial uh, ties, all of those nations have gotten substantial loans or military aid from the United States. That's how they get get people to do what they want them to do or get nations to do what they want them to do. But Still, but the key nations, though, like Chris Hedges and them was talking about, and I like to play about maybe 10 minutes of this video of him and Ben Norton, um, you know, who has been there and uh, talking to the people on the ground. Um, but, um, yeah, Scott, let me just say to why you do that. Chris has been, if you haven't read any of Chris's books, you need to. This. This guy is is really really a a he's a real journalist. Is, is he's a real journalist that really cares about human liberty of of of, of everyone and and he's not liked at all. He's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, they can't stand him because he brings truth. And yet he's a real journalist, but he also is a real journalist for for truth. And and Chris is 
is always huge. So yeah, definitely, uh, uh, Scotty, definitely play. Uh, but like play they that. were saying, I don't know if we're gonna hear it because it's like a thirty-minute uh, interview, but we're not gonna do the whole thirty minutes. Just maybe okay. ten minutes. Yeah. But like they were saying, though, the reason that they are not going to be able to do like they um, have done in the past is because. DCIA ops is transparent to the world. The world know exactly what you're doing. They know who Elliot Abrams is. They know who John yep. Bolton is and what he stands for. And look at how Trump has been offending all the rest of the world, the non-white people calling them shithole countries and, and what have you. And so they know exactly what's going and they're going to keep buying just like some of those countries, uh, in even European countries, going to keep buying oil from Iran. They're going to keep doing things with Venezuela as well. It's not going to be go down, be no cakewalk like how uh, Elliot Abrams and the American uh, propaganda networks are going to try to spin it to us. Welcome to On Contact. Today we discuss the U.S. assault on Venezuela with reporter Ben Norton. If you go talk to average working class Venezuelans, as I did, in poor barrios, these are not highly educated elites, they will speak about the importance of independence for their country. You'll hear them articulate very advanced political concepts that you won't even hear, you know, PhD sociologists here in the U.S. talk about, about the importance of a multipolar world, about the importance of building an international system that is not beholden to one hegemon, the United States, about building uh, a system of multi-currency finance. Uh, and we've seen that Venezuela has also tried to move away from the dictatorship, not just of Washington politically, but economically through the petrodollar. Venezuela has begun listing its oil prices in the Chinese yuan, has been trying to trade in other currencies like the euro. The United States is openly attempting to overthrow the elected government of Venezuela. The Trump administration, backed by a chorus of Democrats, has announced that the president of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro, who was re-elected with over 6 million votes, or 68% of the electorate, is illegitimate. It has anointed by fiat Juan Guaido, who never ran for the presidency and whom over 80% of Venezuelans had before his self-proclaimed presidency never heard of. In this Alice in Wonderland world perpetrated by Washington, Maduro is a dictator and Guaido is a standard bearer for democracy. Yet no matter how patently absurd the official narrative is about Venezuela, just about everything the American press says about the country is wrong. Guaido is a stooge with no real following. The country is not convulsed with violence. The Maduro government is not an authoritarian police state. Protests organized by the middle class and right-wing oligarchs that support Guaido and receive their funding from front groups organized by the CIA are not curtailed or crushed by the police. The protests in support of the government are much larger and more frequent, and the military is not about to defect to the sham opposition. Vigilantes are not roaming the country attacking people. And for all the sanctions, lack of food and medicine and power outages orchestrated by Washington, the country is not in free fall. Joining me to discuss Venezuela is the reporter Ben Norton, who operates the investigative website Gray Zone with Max Blumenthal, who has just returned from an extended trip to the South American country. 
So you were there for about a month, right? Yes. Paint the picture, what you saw, what you reported. It's hard to... It's hard to speak about the situation in light of the corporate media reporting. It's difficult to express just how ridiculous the corporate media reporting is on Venezuela. This is a country that certainly, yes, has difficulties, but compared to other countries in the region, is actually living quite a normal life. If you go to Colombia, for instance, Mm -hmm. and you go to Venezuela, you won't notice much of a difference. But of course, if you look at the New York Times reporting and you read about Venezuela, you would think that there's this humanitarian catastrophe. I was not able to see it. I went to numerous states. You know, I didn't go out in the countryside, so the situation could be different there. But throughout Caracas and neighboring states, the situation is actually not very bad. And you also see a few different things. One, that the government is trying to do what, it's, what it can to push back against some of these difficulties. And two, there is a major popular enthusiasm from the grassroots of Venezuelan society. The Chavista movement has actually transformed society from the grassroots level. We're talking this about Hugo not... Chavez, the former president, exactly. left, left-wing president. And, and it's a movement. Hugo Chavez was democratically elected numerous times beginning in 1998, and he helped to transform the country from a leadership position. But this is also a revolution that for 20 years has been waged at a grassroots level. And you can fundamentally see that in the way that Venezuelan communities have organized themselves into communes and the way that they help each other in forms of mutual aid and solidarity. This is truly a system that they have built up. They cannot be defeated even if they had a cosmetic change in government. And it looks like the coup is already failing. It has been failing since it was initiated. And Sound like so what always strikes me, and I had to deal with Elliot Abrams, who's orchestrating this uh, kind of... Uh, soft war on Venezuela, I dealt with them in Central America, is that these people are historically, culturally, and linguistically illiterate. As far as I know, Abrams doesn't speak Spanish. So uh, there is a long tradition in countries like Venezuela, uh, just as there was in Iraq with the Ba'athists, of a deep distrust for U.S. imperialism. Uh, It's kind of in the DNA of Venezuelans. And not only is it a recent development, it goes back to the days of Simón Bolívar. Yeah, all the way back, right. And what's interesting about this process in Venezuela is it has always been rooted in this kind of indigenous history. Hugo Chávez, the president, uh, before Nicolás Maduro, extremely popular. Even elements of the opposition have to pay lip service to Chávez because he's just a demigod. He's so popular. Even, again, among more moderate elements hey, of the explain opposition. Explain why, what he did, and then let, we'll talk a little bit about what the U.S. is doing, but... Talk a little bit about how he transformed the country. Well, part of what I was going to say is that Chavez stressed his indigenous and African ancestry. He was one of the first... That's like Morales in Bolivia. Exactly. This is a country that has been controlled by a largely white European ultra-rich elite right-wing oligarchy for decades upon decades. And many of them now live here in New York or in Washington, and they're the ones trying to help lead this coup from abroad. We see people like Ricardo Hausman, who is a neoliberal Harvard economist, who's trying to work with the, the Trump administration to privatize Venezuela's oil industry. His last name is Hausman. These are the European elites. Uh, you can look at other people who are descendants of European nobility who ruled Venezuela. And then for the first time, you have Hugo Chavez rise up 
and he's democratically elected in 1998, he breaks the stranglehold that the two-party dictatorship had on Venezuelan politics from 1958 until 1998 for 40 years. And Hugo Chavez ushers in this revolution and encourages people to organize communes, encourages people to work together in their communities to make their country better and independent and sovereign, and has always stressed the Chavista movement since the death of Chavez in 2013 has continued to stress the importance of those points, independence and sovereignty. They have supported that at the United Nations, where the foreign minister, Jorge Ariasa, is working on building a group of countries to support sovereignty and independence and push back against U.S. imperialism. Because if you go talk to average working-class Venezuelans, as I did, in poor barrios, these are not highly educated elites, they will speak about the importance of independence for their country. You'll hear them articulate very advanced political concepts that you won't even hear, you know, PhD sociologists here in the U.S. talk about, about the importance of a multipolar world, about the importance of building an international system that is not beholden to one hegemon in the United States. About All right, I'm going to leave it there, uh, Dave. But, yeah. hey, it sound yeah. like sound like Chavez taught them to be preppers. Yeah. And Chavez, there's a lot of things that Chavez did. And if you look at Chavez, and we're going to touch on this, because what we're going to need to do is we've got to put this all together and what this means for us because of the changes that is going to happen. If you look at Chavez, Chavez, Gaddafi, um, uh, even even Saddam in, in a different way, because how they handled Saddam, uh, Saddam was, was critical for to... to threaten the world and because remember Saddam didn't have weapons of mass destruction but they were able to, to seize his hanging from all of this stuff so you got to look at why was that and that was because Saddam was actually saying no 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 we're not going to do this with the, the this imperialistic American colonialism anymore and that was what the threat that was his crime but if you look at Chavez and and in, in Gaddafi, it's really actually saying everything for today because that movement, even though they, you know, Chavez was hit with a, a, a cancer and, and actually um, Gaddafi was killed during another uh, uprising, what, what, what was an attack by the French and an attack by uh, the EU and the United States, as, as Clinton says, we saw it, we came, he died. They, they purposely murdered. This is all regime change by murder. This is all coups, the destabilization. This is actually invasion. This, is, this isn't even coups. These are invasions. And so all of this comes together, and you've got to look at where we are now, and it's telling you something. This has everything to do with what's going on right now with Iran, Venezuela, China, and Russia. And all of these things are interconnected. And what they're really showing is this. The great bully is no longer strong, but now is weak, but is trying to make a strong push, and it is going to be rebuffed. So all of this comes together, in my opinion, and how that actually plays out for everyone is critical. It is critical mainly because of how things are going to change here. The rest of the world is ready for the change. 
Most people here, because they're not aware of what's happening and everything, they're not going to be ready for the change that's coming. And all this is being perpetuated on multiple fronts. Korea, the Korean Peninsula, South Sea of China, uh, um, Central America, because of the change in, in, uh, with Guatemala, Panama, Venezuela. Then you have uh, uh, South America, further South America. Then you have Europe, East, Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Then you have Germany and France. Then you have within uh, the continent, you have Libya. You have South Africa. You have Djibouti. And then you have the Middle East as well. All of these things are converging for one in, in one direction. Hey, Dave. The steamrolling of the United States, and this is all unfolding, why you're seeing this happen now. Yeah, go ahead, Scotty. But what really stood out to me, though, is what they were talking about, which is what Tando Radio Show, uh, why it was brought to the network, but talking about the prepping part. And how yeah. they have been able to, and because, and we've even read some of the news reports from, again, U.S.-based media, and making it seem like, you know, it is chaos over there. It's chaos, it's people robbing each other in the streets, and and all yeah. this, and going, you know, sensationalizing it like a Hollywood movie, one of them disaster movies or something. But that's not what Ben Norton said he saw, and he stayed yeah. there a month. And but when he talked about again what Chavez encouraged them to start communes, to have real yep. communities, to help each other. What do you do? You know, yep. we we talk in the trade, but here's the thing though. The mentality of the United States and even black people, because we in the United States and we all subject to the same programming, is we have the I mentality, the I, what I need, uh, uh, individualism, every man for himself. I got mine. Did you get yours? You know, again, I, I have said in the past how lucky I am to be in a stable place where I'm surrounded by family members because when, you know, there's those natural alliances by blood. But what yes. what would I be able to still establish those same community communal ties as preppers prepping for whatever yes. may come our way with strangers? Yep. Or people Scotty, who's not is, related to me. Yes. That, that was the key because that actually was what Chavez was, was about, and if you, you know, it was really about, like, like you said, this is why we came on this network. This is why, you know, we've been talking, you know, what we, because it actually is mirrors what we've been talking about and your overall sovereignty, self-preservation by way of collective prudence with, with everyone around you. As Scotty just said, that's what we've actually, we live by, and this is what we profess, and this is what, this is the, 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 the overall practice and the preferred method that we think solves a lot of these problems. This is our this is our theory as to what is is definitely needed in today, especially here in the so-called confines of the corporation and in the jurisdiction of the United States. Very important. Very, very, very important. And it's cross-pollinated well, think- in the global community. What's that? Yeah, I, I think also 
by the same thing that you were saying well, by all the Keep, keep, keep. Hold on. We got to go to a commercial break. Uh, it's, it's, it's 8 o'clock. We got to do the uh, 801. Sorry about that. I didn't know you were trying to get it. Hold on one sec. Everyone, we're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back. We'll go right to uh, Pastor Keith as soon as we get back. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056. Uh, Pastor Keith was, was going to, to sound off. want to let him um, have that uh, opportunity. Pastor Keith, go ahead. Yeah, I think also with compound, uh, compound things greatly for the worse in the United States, uh, they they put themselves into being in the position of the perfect storm. So I was listening to what yeah. Scotty said. You were also saying about, you know, how these others can come together and they can live communally and all of that. Not only are we have this self-entitlement, me attitude, me first, worse, but the other lie that we are perpetrated with is we look at all these other countries that are being so unsafe and all that. Well, we live in the most violent society in the world. You know, there there's no other countries that are killing one another, you know, for no reason and are the massive scale that's being done right here in the United States. So when you look at those things that you question about, Scotty, can we come together and stuff, you know, the first thing that everybody's going to turn to in a time of hardship is their weapons. You know, we don't we don't have no problems at all turn to violence first before anything else. Yeah, because there's a culture of violence that the United States pervades in its policies abroad and uh, uh, and here inside of the United States. There's no such thing as this is a free country. This is, this is a subjugate country where you have to obey. That's not free, right? It's a pay state. And so, yes, Chief, you're absolutely right. The, the culture of violence in the United States is, very, is, is so great, is one of the controlling factors, and it's going to be used. And as you see, the thing about it is this. You have to get your, the people that so-called your citizenry to buy into violence so that when you start having overall colonies, start colonizing and taking over other nations, they'll turn a blind eye to it because they're so used to that. They'll say, oh, it's in our best interest. Oh, we're a free country. This is a great country. We're doing the right thing there. We're helping those poor people. Be there on this. So they'll propagandize the overall attack itself to make it appear as if it is warranted when it is completely illegal and immoral and unethical. So, yes, Chief, great, great point. And so, yes. Hey, 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 Dave, real quick. Um, Another thing I saw yesterday was um, when I was watching uh, RT uh, on cable yesterday, um, I didn't know they had seized Sitco's gas stations and infrastructure here in the United States. And like they were saying, that's the property of the Venezuelan government. And, 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 you know, and they had mentioned how Sitco had provided uh, low low price heating oil and, and what have you in the Bronx it was called 
uh, I forget the name of that program, similar to the one they had in Haiti, you know, uh, the little deal that uh, they had with Haiti. But they have seized, the U.S. government has seized Sitco gas stations. So I'm not buying Sitco anymore. I'm not going to Sitco. I used to support Sitco only um, or whenever I can use Sitco because of that heating program that they have for poor people. And so um, now the United States has seized that, that whole infrastructure. And and they're refining uh, capabilities. Yeah, it's so important. And remember one of the things about Chavez was that Chavez was black. And and he actually from where he came from, this is where this is why they were doing this is why he was doing that. Chavez was black and always remained close to that and that being a defi- that's why he was he was so powerful because he came from nothing and rose and never forgot where he came from and stayed true to who who, who he is. That's what Norton so said. That's, that, that's what Norton said, that he openly, and I guess he said Morales does the same thing, but they openly acknowledge, um, Chavez openly acknowledge his indigenous and African roots. Yep, yep. And that's why he was so hated, because what does that mean? That means there's a different frequency that this individual, there's a different way that this, there's a different moral base of this individual. Oh, they're not going to go along with the program. They're going to want us to say, no, 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 no. We're not exploiting the people anymore. So they're not easily, as easily uh, uh, controlled. They won't obey. They're going to come with some things that they think, no, 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 you need to do what the program is. And they're like, no, we won't. I won't. This is what we're going to do. This is where you become public enemy number one, just as Qaddafi. Just as Qaddafi. Now, some of the things that's very critical, right now the U.S. and China is is so-called in their final phases of their trade talk. Forget about it. It ain't going to happen. In my opinion, it may give an appearance that it's going to happen, but it's going to fall apart. Why? Here's what's happening. The U.S. purposely waited to May Day and, 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 the, and just before May Day to do this overall coup because it's, it's at a strategical moment with China. Here's what's going at one of the strategical moments with China, not only with China in, in, in Venezuela, but also with China in Iran. The real attack right now is against Russia and China. The U.S. is trying to circumvent and surround and choke out Russia and China's influence globally from the impact that they've already made. It's all-out war now. Here's what's so critical about this and how this could affect you and I here. Right now with the trade talks, the U.S. is trying to say, yeah, we're coming in good faith, but in the background, China and Russia knows this, that they are actually conveniently and, and covertly destabilizing everything and trying to strong-arm their agenda while so-called sitting at the table of negotiation with good faith. Anytime that you sit at the seat with the devil, what do you think the overall, the outcome of, of what their, the objective is? It's nothing benevolent about it. It's going to be oppressive at the least. So while they're doing that, they realize that, so they're going to play their game. 
So now what is critical for tomorrow is the waivers end for buying Iranian oil. And who's the countries that specifically buy Iranian oil? What comes out of Iran and the Persian Gulf, 20% of that overall outflow out of goes to China and uh, goes to Asia, Japan, China, uh, uh, the Koreas, South Korea in particular, but also to North Korea. So there's a strategical play that's here. The U.S. is trying to choke out the overall capability of Russia and China, especially the overall impact that they made. And you think that they're not aware of it? Absolutely not. So, of course they are. So, and Iran is significant because most are trying to say that it's going to crush Iran, and I would say no, it's not. It's only going to harden the overall support. Some people are trying to say, oh, well, that's going to cause China to, to have to uh, nullify Iran, and they're gonna, the rest of the world is going to tell Iran that you need to uh, um, uh, cow down and bow down. To, you know, because we can't do these sanctions, so we're going to go with the U.S., but I tell you that that's not going to be true. One of the things tomorrow and what could happen from the waivers is that Iran could, could actually stop the overall flow of, of, of oil, 20% of the world's oil productions, in the Strait of Hormuz. Very easy to do because it's a small, very, very small waterway that can be obstructed that no tankers can get through. And when that happens, it's going to affect many people in the world. And the U.S. is trying to put pressure on them and say, see, we got the oil output. Just buy from us, buy from here, buy from there, but don't buy Iranian. But see, they're destabilizing. Look at the overall price of oil, how it shot up and how it affects you. And that's going to hurt everyone. And then they're going to use that and say, see, it's Iran's fault, it's Iran's fault. But what's going to happen is this is that I don't think they're going to get the impact that they think that they're going to get. I don't think that the nations of the world are going to turn their back on Iran. Some of the corporations will, but the nations, I don't think that they will. But the most critical ones won't. And that critical one is China. I don't think China or India is going to budge. Because what do you think Iran's response is going to be as well? They're going to actually make it more beneficial to have Iranian oil. And here's where this war starts. Not going to get the impact. Just like this overall coup in Venezuela. They said by tonight, they said yesterday, by later today or even tonight, it'll be over. Hmm. Not happening. But so now what does that mean? I definitely think that there's going to be more stringent and more overt acts that's going to happen. And when you don't get the impact that you want, that means you become more desperate and you go even stronger in your overall heavy-handedness. And that heavy-handedness means this. The price of oil here in the United States, the price of gasoline here in the United States could explode explode to heights that we've never seen. The crisis of the 70s is going to make it look like that there was just a momentary uh, um, pump outage at one gas station compared to 
what will, what will happen if, and do I think Iran will this time actually close the Strait of Hormuz? What do they have to lose? Nothing. They're a nuclear-capable country now, in my opinion. I think that they are. They can defend themselves. I think that they can. And they have the support of other nations that need them to make this overall stand. And I think they will, just as in Venezuela. There's an article out of Press TV, and it says that the U.S., Iran, U.S. power doesn't match its bluff. And basically, the U.S. power doesn't match its overall talk of how strong it is anymore. Iranian president said that the United States government is not as long or active, or is not as long or an active power as it is as on its threatening language. The president said during an event in the western province of of Iran Wednesday that the United States officials' threatening rhetoric against Iran doesn't match. America's actual strength. And see, this isn't just saying, and these are codified legs. He's not just saying it for Iran. He's saying it globally. And are you really seeing that? Is there, can, you, can you substantiate and validate what the Iranian president is saying? You would have to say absolutely yes. If you understand the over, if you see what's going on in the geopolitical sphere. Countries are lining up and trying to all fight to get into the Belt and Road uh, project of, of China. Countries are trying to do business with, 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 with Russia. Countries want to buy Iranian oil. They want to uphold the overall treaty of 2015. They're saying, hey, you're not going to tell us what to do. We, we're not beholden to you talking about the United States. They're defying the sanctions. Now, are some corporations, yes, on a smaller scale, there's going to be some impact, but guess what's going to happen over a while? That impact is going to be lessened because your blow wasn't strong, wasn't relevant. So now what's happening in Venezuela is going to cross-pollinate, and it has everything really to do to the overall war against China. And it's asymmetrically being fought out. But what does that mean for you and I? That you've got to get prepared for this. You have to be prepared for this. Because not only what you may see, but what they did do in, China, in, in Venezuela with the lights out, what was done in the Ukraine when, when Russia turned the lights out in, on the Ukraine, for about 12 hours, when they turned the lights out, when the U.S. turned the lights out in Venezuela for weeks on time, days at a time, weeks at a time, and continuously doing that, that's the preferred method. When they cut out the lights in Fort Bragg, that was the method. They're telling you what's going to happen here, and then for the first time, the U.S. will have its lights turned out. And it will be a global effort so there will be no relief. There will be no relief globally because this is, I've said this so many times before, that there is an active move to purge the U.S. And that overall global active move, international move, is gaining more momentum, is not losing any steam because 
The reason why it's gaining more, more, more momentum is because of the policies and the procedure of the Corporation of the United States is, is actually making those inroads even faster, even greater, even more, with more depth and more consistency and with more commitment. So now, Iran's tomorrow, the waiver's end. The coming weeks and days after that is going to be critical. What is the overall countries in Iran going to do? How is the U.S. going to try to enforce those sanctions? Are they going to actually have try to have a, a naval blockade where they're going to start to escort ships through the Strait of Hormuz? Well, that would make things even more convenient for the Iranians to stop it because that strait is very, very small. And as has been done in the past, there was actually a U.S. naval vessel that hit a mine in that strait, and it was dead in the water. When that overall happens, the market will already see, foresee what's going because they already know they're, they're the ones that man, that's manipulating the action. They'll already respond to it, and guess what will happen? It will change in the twinkling of an eye. So you, you all need to be prepared for it. You need to be provisionally prepared for that overall enactment. Because they're going to come together. You keep hearing about the troops going to the border. They're going there to make their move through the Caribbean, through Central America, into, in my overall opinion, into Venezuela, and to sweep further south. Because Venezuela is critical for the war effort. The U.S. is going to want to use their oil for the war and to control the Panama Canal. The Panama, there's a couple of choking points. There are very strategical, important waterways in the world. The Panama Canal and the Strait of Hormuz are one. They're some of the, the, the very, very important ones. They're choking points. And, and remember, during the, the Bolden's overall speech, uh, uh, press conference yesterday, he said this is, that uh, Venezuela represents the worst in this hemisphere, meaning that the war is now in this hemisphere. But it's not going to just be in this hemisphere. It's going to be in so-called the continental United States in different forms and fashion. By way of cyber, there are going to be uh, insurgencies, and there's actually going to be direct military confrontation. First time ever, but why would we expect that that would ever last? And the world is more prepared for that, delivering that, than they ever were before because the world wasn't actively trying to purge itself of the U.S. before. It is now. It definitely is now. And it's changed in a dramatic way. Is it going to be some significance? Without a doubt. The U.S. has some significant capability. But on a collective, 
those significant capabilities are nullified. Because there's a collective move now. So, the coming days and weeks, the pricing and the actual destabilization is going to start to creep, in my opinion, here for the first time. And the impact of that is going to be, you know, in boxing they say that the fighters get knocked out get knocked out because a lot of times they get hit with a punch that they didn't see coming. I don't think that many here understand that they're even in a fight that a punch is, 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 is being mustered to be thrown. Because we're the the isolation, the purpose isolation of everyone here is purposeful and in that overall isolation we become very naive to what's going on in the world and the overall ramifications and how that could play out and it is going to be a painful punch for many here many people that, that are undeserving of such a hit but see, that's what the system does. It isolates people globally for their overall benefit. And it hits them, and then the people are, have no clue at where the punch comes from. So the first thing that they do is the first person that comes to them, they say, they ask that person what happened, and they didn't even know that the person that they asked what happened is the one that punched them. So we must be prepared. You should be prepared. You individually, your families, and the overall collective community at large should be prepared. If you're prepared, the system doesn't care that, that you're prepared. If you're not prepared, the system won't care that you're not. It's been waging its overall objectives for many, many centuries. And it plans on continuing to having that overall meaningful impact for their benefit at the overall expense of everyone. They don't hate one group. They exploit them all. They create the groups in order, they segment them in order to do just that. It's an asymmetrical approach to control. So, what is it that you should be doing? One, have the means, make sure that you actually keep your overall vehicles as much fuel in them as you possibly can. Replace what you use and keep it as full as you can so that when things do change in the twinkling, at least you'll have some options that other people may not have already had. Two, you need to prepare. You need to prepare for what you need. What is it that you need? What is it that you need? What is it that your family needs? What is it that your community needs? You need to ascertain those things as much as you possibly can. The key to preparing is that you prepare when the, when the sun is shining. You don't prepare in the middle of the, of the storm. And if you, I mean, you could, but the impact of what you, you're going to do 
is going to be much more much much with much more challenges, and the challenges that could be met and in, in, uh, met here is going to be much greater because of the the nature and and the culture of violence that is is held here in the United States. The mentality. We resonate on such a low frequency here. So you want to get your overall food items. You want to get your family and your friends involved, the ones that you know that you can trust, get them involved into actually coming up with an actual plan for things going awry. That, my friends, is priceless and so necessary. Because you won't be able to start. There were people in Venezuela who wasn't able to stop, nor were they able to start the, the, the events that are happening right now. But they're there. But what they can do is that how are they going to respond to them? Our response is very important. Fuel up. Get your staple goods that you need within your means. So very important that you do that now. Because if, if all it takes is for just the appearance that Iran is going to close the Strait of Hormuz, here's what's going to happen. Just that mere threat, tankers aren't going to challenge it. Just a mere threat without doing it. They can say they put mines, they've done this, they've done that. And the U.S. said, well, we'll have to clear it, so what are they going to do? They're going to stop the overall transportation. They're going to send the fifth fleet over from Bahrain over there to, to, to clear the overall waterways and everything else, and then the challenges will go from there. But guess what's going to happen to, overall, to the overall pricing of food and everything else here? It's going to shoot up because it's going to be interrupted. And that interruption could bring about your overall Major problems for you and your family. It's been done before, but not on this magnitude. Not at these stakes. So even if Iran just threatens to after tomorrow, What do you think that the overall price gougers in, in, in the oil and gas industries is going to do? They're waiting for that so that they, can, they, they have plausible deniability as to why they shot the, uh, the price of oil. And they're going to say that we needed to minimize, because of supply and demand, we needed to minimize people's driving. So how do you minimize people's driving? You drive up the price. So you've got to be prepared. And that price is impactful in so many different ways. It's more than just your gas tank. It's your refrigerator and your cupboards. It's your abilities. Now, one of the things that's very significant, as these events happen, you can almost guarantee, just like in Venezuela yesterday, they cut the feed for Cerebrally Naive Network. 
The feed for different things and getting information is going to be cut. You won't know, so it'll catch you completely by surprise. You may not even know that the U.S. and China has now engaged in an overall military confrontation in the South Sea of China. And then China had an appropriate response to that. In today's world, they'll cut that feed so you won't know. So you get caught what? Off guard. So we're getting ready to go into our last commercial break. Scotty, give me uh, two minutes. Uh, uh, three minutes more before we come back. i got to do a couple of things just before. You're listening to Tando Radio Show. When we come back, we need to talk about some of the steps that you need to be taking in light of all of this because it's all together. South Sea of China is active now. Venezuela is extremely active now. The Korean Peninsula, active. South, uh, uh, the, the Ukraine, active. There's been momentum that's been gained and been lost, but the direction is all the same. So, you're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after these quick commercial breaks. What he's doing is using an adjective put to describe something that's in- incidental about him, one of his inst- incidental characteristics. So, there's nothing else to it. He's just white. But when you get the white man over here in America, and he says he's white, he means something else. You can listen to the sound of his voice when he says he's white. He means he's boss. That's right. That's what white means in this, in this language. You know the expression free, white, and 21. He made that up. He's letting you know all of them mean the same. White means free, boss. He's up there. So that when he says he's white, he has a little different sound in his voice. And I know you know what I'm talking about. He, he uh, and, uh... This was what I saw was missing in the Muslim world. If they said they were white, it was incidental. White, black, brown, red, yellow. It doesn't make any difference what color you are. And so this was the religion that I had accepted and had gone there to get a better knowledge of it. And but, but despite the fact that I saw that Islam was a religion of brotherhood, I also had to face reality. And when I get back into this American society, I'm not in a society that practices brotherhood. I'm in a society that might preach it on Sunday, but they don't practice it in, on no day, on any day. And so since I could see that America itself is a society where there is no brotherhood, and that this society is controlled primarily by racists and segregationists, and it is, uh, who use and that, that, that who are in Washington, D.C., in positions of power, and from Washington, D.C., they exercise the same uh, forms of brutal uh, oppression against dark-skinned people in, in, in South and North, North Vietnam, or in the Congo, or in Cuba, or in any other place on this earth where they're trying to ex- exploit and oppress. This is a society whose government doesn't hesitate to inflict the most brutal form of punishment and oppression upon dark-skinned people all over the world. Uh, to wit, right now, what's going on in in uh, near uh, in and around Saigon and Hanoi, and in the Congo and in and in elsewhere, they are violent when their interests are at stake. But that, with all of that violence that they display at the international level, when you and I want just a little bit of freedom, we're supposed to be non-violent. They're violent. They're violent in Korea, they're violent in Germany, they're violent in the South Pacific, they're violent in Cuba, they're violent wherever they go. 
But when it comes time for you and me to protect ourselves against lynchers, they tell us to be nonviolent. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate. Give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. And we're going to, to be talking about in this part of the show, we got to talk about some of the things that uh, you all, in my opinion, should, should be looking at because we are definitely uh, in a very pivotal time and, and very influential time, a significant time for, for us that I think is necessary for us to do uh, what's in our best interest and to put into place measures that we know will maintain our overall uh, sovereignty. Very, very important. And I will say this, and, and we have to do this, because of the things that are, 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 are happening. We are talking about some major, major global events. You know, global events could... Global events happen in, in, in different um, in different forms. Some are small, some some are medium, and some are large. And some of the things that are that are are, are actually at our doorstep now are, are the larger events, some some real large events, uh, because of of the impact of those events won't just be something that. Uh, Geographic. I mean, that that's just um, one area specific. It's it's something that has global impact and will impact you directly and impact your family and outside of the the sphere of your control to minimize it. So very very important. So what we need to to, to look at is just kind of preparing for this. And how to 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 do just that, and it's it's multiple ways to do it. And regardless of what your economic standing is, um, we we really need to look at things that you that you should be thinking about acquiring, and things that you should acquire because of the state of of, of affairs, the state of reality that that's happening okay so i want to talk about that with you all and talk about that from the measures of from the individuals that don't have a lot of cash which is which is okay it's it's it's, it's fine that you don't have um a lot of cash but you have to, in my opinion, it's good to start where you are, okay? It's very, very important in my, to me for us to, to start uh, where we are because 
it's a must. It is absolute must. So let's take a look at some of those things because, and I want to take a look at, first of all, what I think that we're going to be dealing with, like I said, is, is going to be a global event. South Sea of China, global event. Venezuela turns into a global event very easily and very quickly because of uh, this is, is uh, strategical importance, closeness to the, the Panama Canal and the, the impact of what it has. But the, definitely the Strait of Hormuz is, is one, and this goes part and partial with what's happening in Venezuela, and I don't think it was a coincidence as to the timing of it all. So with that being said, we're talking about a large-scale event that could affect you right away. doesn't matter, you know, who you are, it will affect you because it's going to affect your ability to get a resource that provides energy for your daily life. Oil does that. Gasoline does that, okay? So now, how do we mitigate this as an as a individual person? For one, one, as we already said, um, go and fill up your vehicles if you can fill up your vehicle, okay? Number two, I think it's very important for any person right now, because of the layers, and mainstream media isn't telling, warning you about these things. This is how you know that it is definitely going to be happening, okay? One thing that you want to do is you want to look at where you are financially, Okay? Look at what you have. Okay, look at what you have. If you have some things, don't waste anything that you have. Look at what you need. Establish some of the things that you need. What do you need daily, okay? Some of the things you want to look at is you want to go to the staple goods of things. You're going to need water, right? Food provision is, is going to be essential, so that's where you start. You want to start with, with, with that in some forms of protection, okay? So let's say you're an individual that don't have a lot of cash, okay? And I don't know what, what that is. That could be, you know, many different things. But even if you have just $10 in, in, in cash or disposable income, there's some things that you should be doing with it right now, okay? And those things that you should be doing it with it is first you've got to survey what is it that you have. Go into your home, in your environment, in your surroundings. Look at what it is that you have. You have to take a survey of that. You've got to get a, a, a real inventory of where you are right now in case the lights went out. Okay? And, and just by the price of oil going up, just by $2, that could be lights out for a lot of people, meaning that you're not going to be able to respond and be able to afford that. You need to assess where you are, okay? Come up with your list of what you have. Then you got to look at what is it that you need? What is it that you need from what you have and what you need? What you already have, don't waste. What it is that you need, you're going to have to come up with ways because everyone is different as to how you're going to get that. How can you get that with what you have available to you now? What do you have available to you now? Time, effort, maybe some cash, maybe some things that you know that somebody will be willing to buy uh, from you. That you be 
maybe it's time for you to do that because you looked at what you need and you realize from your haves you don't have that. That's where you start. You got to have a structure in this so that you don't make a lot of mistakes that people that are in prepping make. Okay? You got to start where you are and build off of that. And what do your needs consist of? How do you know if you need something? Well, very easily. It's this. If you didn't have, let's say tomorrow the price of gas went to $20 a gallon, what is it that you would need to get through that for one week? Do you have those things? And if you don't, there it is. That's what you need. And what I mean by, because $20 a gallon means that you can't go to work. It's going to minimize your overall exposure. And let me tell you something about this system. They love being in, bringing pain so that they can put out, uh, point out a boogeyman that you'll be willing to do whatever, send your daughter, send your son to go kill. So now, you got an idea of what your needs are. How do you acquire those things? It's something that you're going to have to come up with a plan on. Maybe you can go to somebody that does have it. You have something you can share and say, hey, you know, we can have an alliance with this and with that. I have this. I can give you this. You have that. You can give me this. Or we can share this. I have this to share with you. You have that to share with me. Okay? So have the needs. Now, be mindful that people are going to be very cutthroat because that's what we've been taught to be during these times as well. Some people are going to be genuinely genu uh, uh, generous, but people are going to take advantage of that as well. People are going to take more than what they need. They're going to take what they want, and they're going to take their opportunity to exploit Know those things. It's the natural progression of thought of every single person in the, in the United States because every single person in the United States has been taught to think that way. So there's a mentality that we're going to be up against as well. Next, what is it that you have to establish? What is it that you want? And the want should be done this way. The wants is what's going to bring you opportunity to sustain yourself and your family and the overall collective community at large. And that's not a matter of a want from the same wants that we've been taught to develop based off of consumerism. I want this, I want that. But no, what is it that you want that you don't have that would be a need? that you would want to have. Case in point, maybe I'm going to want a couple of ounces of silver so that I can use that to my benefit, to my family's benefit, and to the community's benefit going forward in, the, in these destabilizing times. So have needs and wants is very critical. Now, and you have to look at 
as an individual, you have to look at your individual, then you have to look at your families have needs and wants. And then the communities have needs and wants. And the sense of timing. One of the things, I'm a golfer, and Brother Davis alluded to this, and I'm going to tell you how powerful this is. I'm a golfer. One of the things about being a golfer is that when you, the best approach to golfing is the approach you take before you actually swing the club to put the energy behind the ball to get it to act the way that you want it to act. You have to visualize or you have to meditate on what is it that you're trying to accomplish and how does that work. You meditate on that before you actually put physical energy behind it. So as a golfer, I envision the shot that I want to hit. And every time that I do that, the likelihood of me actually carrying out that shot increases exponentially other than if I just play off of what I practice. Practice doesn't make uh, perfect. Practice makes permanent. To me, meditation makes perfect. Envisioning things makes perfect. And practice makes permanent. So I think it's very important that you have to envisualize what is it that you want to do? How is it that you want to respond to things? Where is it that you want to go? And visualize those things now before you put energy behind it so that the, the, the actual outcome can be much more successful than not. You have to invoke the within you to be displayed outwardly of you. Because when you do that, you move into the paradigm of the true power of who you are, and it's multifaceted. And it encompasses so many different things. It's able to mitigate and solve problems faster than any supercomputer that has ever been programmed. You go beyond your physical nature and you go into your true nature of who you are. And then you're also able to conquer all of the ill will that has been taught to you. You choose not to partake in it. So part of preparing is that you have to visualize what is it that you want to accomplish? Where is it that you want to go so that you put yourself on that course and then you'll be able to, while you're on that course, you'll be able to traverse all of the obstacles and the rough seas that you would meet along the way. Because it's more... It's, it's more about your spiritual capabilities than what your physical means are. Because your spiritual capabilities 
is going to be is is actually will enable the things that you need physically to come to pass. It shouldn't be the other way around. Where your physical leads your spirit. So this is very, very significant. Be aware of today, tomorrow. We are closer to the great purge in the untied states of America. We're closer to it today than we were yesterday. That moment is very much so unfolding and upon us. It would be keen and it would be who of us to be wisely prepared, to be able to seize on the opportunities that will come during this overall shift. Just want to say much love, much respect to you all. It's never goodbye. As always, we'll see you later. And before you ask for a fortune, make sure to give one away. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake.